you know, we didn't have a lot of money and I used to get so embarrassed with the clothes that I wore. Your sisters. Typically hand-me-downs for my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my sister. It was, <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, Dan, Brian, and Terry talk about breaking free from the prison of want. Now here's Dan, so let's get started. You know, there's a prison that is becoming more overcrowded by the day. It's a place where many serve a life sentence and most don't even know that they will never escape. We're going to talk about that in today's episode of Finish Strong. I'm Dan Wheeler. I'm here with Brian Rowland and Terry Steen. And guys, before we get going, I just want to say I always look forward to our time together doing these podcasts. I do too, Dan. I really do. This is uh, It's an extension of what we used to do that Friday night uh, Friday Night Lives, and, and mm-hmm. people enjoy that, I think, and it's great that we can all be together and we interact together and people see that, that this isn't just, a, it's, it's not staged, it's something that's real and we share what's going on in our lives, but at the same time, we share the word and how it's impacting us and how it's impacting others. Yeah, it's not staged and it's not scripted. I guess I like being with you guys too, but you know, beyond <laughs> that... It... <laughs> It makes me study more. It's it's allowing me to learn more. So that's pretty neat. But the biggest thing is how we're finding that it's impacting other people. We're learning mm-hmm. that there's people literally around the world listening to our podcast. And that's pretty exciting. It is. We received an email this morning, and I just want to share a small portion of it. This lady, uh, Terry Lynn, she says, I was able to listen to two podcasts, Handling Life's Changes and Maintaining a Balanced Life. I enjoyed both of your podcasts today. I've listened, by the way, to all of them. Handling Life's Changes really resonated with me. I've had so many changes in my life and sometimes find it difficult to find a purpose. I want to thank you all for being so positive and helpful while using your sense of humor. Thank you. And obviously we try to use a sense of humor. (laughs) John Matarazzo, didn't you say you were reading a a new review today? Yeah, I just got one that came across that said, this podcast brings me so much insight from the scriptures that you share. Uh, The way you all bring them to a personal level helps even more. I have listened to all the episodes and always look forward to the newest one. Thank you, gentlemen, and God bless you. It's great to get reviews like that. Boy, it sure is. And today we're going to talk about another topic that I think a lot of people deal with. We're calling this episode of Finish Strong, The Prison of Want. And that is a prison that's overcrowded where people can serve a life sentence if they never learn how to escape. So, guys, I remember as a kid, I guess I was in seventh or eighth grade, I wanted a 10-speed racing bike, a Schwinn <laughs> with the racing handles. Remember those yes. handles oh, yeah. that were curved? You could, yeah. and they, some, they were different colors, and they looked so cool. You're, you know, bent over, riding really fast. And I got a 10-speed for Christmas, but it didn't have the handles. It had oh. the normal handles. And I remember I, I tried, you know, I didn't act disappointed. I didn't want to hurt my mom's feelings. But but I was. I was like, darn, I, I wanted the one with the other handles. But, you know, that bike was just as good, and it probably kept me from worse back problems. 
But I remember <laughs> I, just, I just really wanted it. Brian, what was something you wanted as a child? It's funny that you said that because I was thinking of a bike, too. And I think every child wants a bike. But there was one that I wanted that a friend of mine had that is really beautiful bike. And he's going to sell it because he was getting a Schwinn 10-speed, like you said. And so we got the bike. My my parents bought the bike for me, and I took it out the very first time. I had a transistor radio on it, and I'm playing. And I went down to my Aunt Lena's to let her see it. And I got there, and she wasn't home. So I thought, I'll ride around the neighborhood a few times until she comes home. And what happens is I slip my foot off the pedal, hit the ground, and I break my leg in two places. So I was done for the summer. I had a cast on my leg all summer. I'm 11 years old or 10 (laughs) years old. (laughs) And that bike sat there, and all I had to do was look at it. So I wanted it, but, you know, the... How bad do you want something? Boy. Yeah, you you got <laughs> yeah, it for you, sure. When I was little, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, and I used to get so embarrassed with the clothes that I wore. Your sisters typically hand me down from my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my sister. It was <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? I, now Sorry. it's hard to believe now, but back then I wasn't a fashion plate. Oh, interesting, interesting. But the clothes I had, I really wanted to wear pants that fit me. (laughs) And then in junior high, I had to get glasses. And my parents couldn't afford a nice pair of glasses, so I had to get the cheapest, these little heavy black frames that just looked so ridiculous. And it's all they could afford. And it's like... I had no choice but to man up and give it my best shot, but it was. Did you break them? The did you have a, a piece of white tape holding them together in the middle? The Hanson brothers. Frequently, yes, that's what I was thinking. I had foil up coach. <laughs> but you know, so Terry, you're you're a fashion statement. It's it's in fashion now. So you were well, ahead of the time. I, I guess I was uh, after my time, before my time. I was something. How about as an adult? What's something you've wanted? As an adult. Oh, I'll jump in on that. I wanted a Grand Prix all my life. And I I kept telling my friends, I'm going to buy a Grand Prix one day. And Dan knows this very well because I got out of broadcasting just momentarily to to get his cell insurance. And I sold him a policy. And I went out and bought a brand new Grand Prix (laughs) that put me over the top. (laughs) And I drove up the next day to show him my new car. (laughs) (laughs) After convincing me I needed a life insurance policy at 18. A whole life policy. Yeah, a whole life policy. That I couldn't afford. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thanks, Brian. I, I, I'm glad I made your dreams come true. Mine. <laughs> Terry, how about you? Well, I, you know, typically you think about the cars or the houses, but what comes to my mind is when we, Karen and I had our first child, well, our only child, Ashley, and we thought, you know, we need to capture these moments. So we thought we needed to get a video camera. And so that was something that we really wanted. But for some reason, that was the most traumatic time of our lives, it seemed like. It was so hard to make that decision. We'd go, we'd look around, we'd shop for it, we'd go to the store, we'd talk to the salesman, we'd get a certain price, and we still couldn't pull the trigger. We'd go out and sit in the car and talk about it, should we, shouldn't we? finally bought it but i do remember that as being just a traumatic purchase for us (laughs) i remember uh when beth and i were first married um i received a payment from a a shopping show i was doing in the evenings uh while i was working a, a day job and um we wanted a vcr 
And just we went and shopped around, and I wanted, for some reason, the best of the best. I spent $550 on that VCR. (laughs) One of the things I thought was so cool was while the tape was rewinding, there was a visual of the tape rewinding. It was kind of electronic, and it looked really cool. (laughs) Fancy uh, smancy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Uh, Things are neat when you want them. But, Brian, it seems like – Sometimes, you know, they wear off pretty quickly and uh, the wanting never ends. You know, it's true. And it's just like we all seem to be one new thing away from happiness at all the times, at all times. You know, we we all want something and it's like one thing is going to make me happy. I mean, it could be a new job. Um, We're up. We all went through new jobs and we thought, this is great. I'll be here for life. And next thing you know, you're not. Um, a new car, like I said, a, a, maybe some closure having tailor-made. This is the first. You're gonna, you'll love this forever. Um, and then you, you grew out of it and you can't wear it anymore. Or, you know, it could be a new house. It could be a spouse. Some people <laughs> turn in old spouses for new ones and think that the grass is greener <laughs> on the other side. But look what happens there. Now, so I think it's uh, everybody is one new thing away from thinking that they're going to be happy. Yeah, and- Terry, pretty soon the the sizzle fizzles, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? It, typically, the new car smell fades away. And, you know, one thing that comes to my mind is, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I needed a Navy blazer. So <laughs> finally, saved the money, went out to get a Navy blazer. You know, you can wear those with any outfit, fits right in. So we finally got it. So I took it home tried to take all the tags off. And you know, on the one sleeve, they always put that one tag that's sewn in there and that you've got to use like scissors or a razor blade to get it off. Oh I boy. I did my best, but <laughs> you know what happened? Yeah. I literally cut into the sleeve of my brand new blazer. So <laughs> oh. I got the thing off and I had a big cut in it. So it's like, talk about wearing off. I hadn't worn the thing and it was already old. <laughs> Have you ever worn it? I just threw it. It looks so bad at that. No. <laughs> he used it as a chamois on his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Chamois. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all talk about, you know, the problem with getting a new car is you freak out the first time you get a scratch or a little dent. Brian, didn't right. you just have something like that happen? Oh, man, I just bought a new car three weeks ago, and I was driving down the road, and, and it's doing a little bend in the road, and there was construction workers on the left side, and I thought, well, I'm going to get through this before the other guy coming towards me goes through. He decided not to. He just rushed on through there and i had to swerve back to the right hit in the bend of the road where my tire hit the the drainage ditch and just the whole chrome was just taken off the wheel so i'm sitting there going great three weeks old man and this is the new car (laughs) so the the new car is gone right now it's definitely a used car man (laughs) yeah well i like what you said terry it seems like we're one new or uh brian one new thing away from happiness and it's true people think that new job will make them happy, the new car, maybe a new spouse. And then they get to know their new spouse and they find out they've got more baggage than their first spouse. And (laughs) it goes on and on. Um, Are you, you know, you you have to look at yourself and say, am I defined by my things, by the house I live in? We tie that so much to success and to our image of ourselves or, or we tie ourselves to our job. When I was retiring from QVC the week of my big retirement show, my daughter Kelsey said to me, she said, Dad, this is going to be so strange. All my life, 
I've known you. You've been Dan Wheeler QVC. And I said, well, honey, I guess from now on, I'm just going to be Dan Wheeler. And it's okay. <laughs> QVC was my job, but yeah. it, it really didn't define me. Yeah. So you can't let things, you can't just want, want, want. No, you can't. You know, Dan, the thing is, is that you can want all you want, <laughs> but you can't take yes. it with you when you die. I right. mean, you can have all these possessions. You know, there's the, what's the saying? Um, those who win with the most toy wins or dies with the most toy wins. No, that's not right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's because it's all stuff. It's just going to be here. You've never yeah. see um, a U-Haul behind a hearse. We've heard true. that statement before. And it's true because you can't take this with you. I was thinking about what people might say uh, as their last words. And I'm sure the big one would be, um, what is my bank account balance again? <laughs> What is yeah, it I, I'm sure right. they're not saying that. And I'm sure wow. they're not saying living for yourself leaves you so satisfied or I'm so glad I was consumed with other people's opinions of me. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't take anything with you like that. And and that's just the thing. Uh, it's it's uh, these are just things. And when you're accumulating things, um, it's, it's, it's something that you think you need, but you don't. It's just what you want. And want and needs are two different things. So the, the main question then is, is it really yours? You know, and it's, it's really all temporary. And I look at that and I see a Romans eleven thirty six that says everything comes from the Lord, everything. So it's not something that we're creating. It's just something that it's not something that we think we just think we need. It's something that we want and not really a need. Yeah, that's good, Brian. And I, I was thinking of Psalms eighty nine eleven that says the heavens are yours and the earth is yours and all that's in it. So everything is God's. It's not ours. I, I was thinking about what John Rockefeller said. You remember the story where someone had asked him, how much do you have to make to be happy? Yes, I remember that. And John's answer was just a little bit more. And, you know, he, he at that point was probably the richest man in the United States, <laughs> and he just wanted a little bit more. So then he passes away, and someone asked his accountant, how much did he leave? And his accountant said, all of it. You can't <laughs> take it with you, can yeah. you? You can't. You can't. Yeah. And I think a lot of people realize as they get older, at least I do, that you can't take it with you. And, you know, who, you're just going to leave it all to your kids or you're going to leave it in your bank account. Let the state tax your inheritance, you know, huge amounts. Or uh, are you going to do something good with it? Boy, it's a lesson for us all to invest in eternity, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, Dan, Dan, one other thing I was thinking when we talk about want and trying to be rich and a desire to be rich, it reminded me of 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, and verse 9 and 10 has some real strong information there about what happens if we desire to be rich. And Paul tells us... Yeah. There's five things that take place when we try and desire to be rich. When that's our goal in life, we fall into temptation. We fall into harmful desires. We fall into literal ruin or potentially to destruction. And then the last thing he said in the 10th verse is that many people wander away from the faith. So even seeking after riches can allow us to lose our salvation. And now we're hitting on what we need to do to escape. Here is how you escape. David, King David knew it when he was just a shepherd boy. When he wrote the 23rd Psalm, the first verse says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
-hmm. He's basically saying, I've got the Lord. He's guiding me. I don't need anything. I don't want anything. And there's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about learning to be content. Mm-hmm. You know, I see Philippians 4, 11 through 12, too, where Paul's talking to the church there in Philippi, and he, he even says that, you know, if I've learned to be content or, or whatever the circumstances, because he, he yes. knows what it is to be in need. He knows what it is to have plenty, but he knows that in every circumstance that God's taking care of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hebrews 13, 5 says, be content with what you have. You know, that's another one. Right. Ecclesiastes also says, he who loves money will not be satisfied. Mm. So. Yeah, that's it. You've got to be satisfied. I right. mean, uh, you know, it's it's finding that place of contentment. My mom had a pencil holder that I remember by the phone when I was growing up, and it had a saying on it, and I'll never forget it. It said, just be content with who you are, Make happiness your aim. Much better tis than worldly wealth and easier far to gain. Hmm. And you hmm. think about it, being content, boy, that, that's everything. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of it involves our attitude about what we have. Yeah. So how do we get there? We have to, I guess we have to change our attitude. We have to change our perspective and we can't be looking at all those desirable things. We can't have that passion. We have to watch our motives for why we even do things. You know, the Bible says in James 4, 3, it says, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motive that you spend what you get on your pleasures. So the Bible Hmm. tells us we can have a lot of things that God will give us, but we have to have the right motive. So we have to develop the right attitude and perspective. I think about the, the bricklayer. He's laying bricks somewhat... There's one bricklayer that someone comes up and says, hey, what you doing? And he's just laying bricks, putting one brick on another. But they asked another bricklayer what he was doing, and he was building a beautiful cathedral. It's Mm -hmm. all in your perspective as to how you're investing your time. What does your job really mean? Is it a paycheck or are you doing something bigger? And that's the bottom line, changing that attitude. Yeah, Attitude is everything. I mean, I I remember a story of a beggar sitting down to eat, and he looks at the meal and he goes, water and bread, all this and Jesus too? And that Mm -hmm. was his prayer. He just couldn't believe it. Or uh, I read another story about (laughs) a guy that was leading worship at a leper colony, And he was taking requests, and this lady, I mean, she didn't have any ears or eyes, and her hand was just a a stump, and she raised it, and she requested, count your blessings. And Mm. the worship leader could hardly get through it thinking about this lady counting her blessings and looking at her and thinking, oh, my gosh, she just has so little in the way of physical capacity. You know, it's all about attitude and contentment. It's all an attitude. Yeah, it's all in that, that change, changing the attitude and, and having contentment. But what exactly is contentment? You know, it's, um, you know, we were talking earlier about wanting what you have. Is, uh, it's, it's, it comes up with this. Uh, we talked about the movie Meet Joe Black. And Dan, you were mm-hmm. bringing it up. We were, we were chatting earlier about it. And, and uh, the sub, there's a subplot in it where there's a hostile takeover of a company. And a media tycoon uh, played by Anthony Hopkins gives a speech on his 65th birthday. You recall what that was, Dan? Yeah, he was uh, Joe Black, which was played by Brad Pitt, was basically death waiting to take him. And his final speech was, I 
I hope that you wake up one day as I have and realize that you don't want anything more. Mm. You don't want anything more and you don't need anything more. And that's the place we need to get at with our, with our attitude. Great yeah. line. And so you, you look at people who have less than what they really need. You know, it sets a standard. You see Mother Teresa's first one comes to mind. But I'll tell you, there was a, a gentleman I worked with when I was at Trinity Broadcasting his uh, network years ago, and his name was Father Michael Manning. And he came in to the, to the studio, and his pants were shiny, black pants, because of ironing them so much. Oh. His, his collar and shirt were frayed because just washing and wearing them so, so much. And when we were doing the show, I was directing this, and I looked up, and I see that he went across his leg, and there's a big hole in the bottom of his shoe. He had worn that thing straight through. Oh, my goodness. So between breaks, between shows, we're all standing around, and the Lord directed persons to get a blessing. He had a need, somebody was going to get a blessing, and said, hey, look at those gunboats you have. What size do you wear? And he told what size shoe. He has a 14 shoe and was telling about the width of it and that. And next time he came in to do his shows, there was a new pair of shoes waiting for him on that set. Hmm. So somebody got a blessing out of what he needed, and the Lord provided his need and provided a blessing to the person that delivered that to him. So I think it's realizing your blessings will outweigh your needs. And if you, you know, give it to God and listen to him, and he tells you what is coming up next, he wants you to participate in and be a blessing for it. Yeah, uh, not a lot of time left, but Terry, uh, a lot of people don't realize that they can actually gain so much by changing their attitude to contentment. Yeah, and the Bible talks so much about it. I, for me, I think the biggest thing is more peace in your life. You're going around traumatized. You think about how much debt there is in our world, how many bankruptcies are taking place because of people who are fulfilling their wants. But if we could just be content, it can impact our marriage and give us greater peace and more time with our spouse or with our children. Or it potentially gives us more self-respect and we just have more joy and happiness because we're mm -hmm. just a little bit more laid back. And, and I think the bottom line really is our relationship with God seems mm -hmm. to be more solidified and much closer. I think about the scripture, Matthew 6, 33, if we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to us. So if mm. we can deepen that relationship, if our focus can come in to putting God first, boy, contentment takes over and we're given far more than we ever wanted. Mm. Yeah, Jesus talked about where we lay up our treasures. In Matthew 6, 19 and 20, I think he said it all. He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. That's what we were talking about. Things don't stay new. Right. And where thieves bake through and steal, you can lose it like that. That's right. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven mm -hmm. where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. You know, I relate with um, Anthony Hopkins' character, Mr. Parrish, and Meet Joe Black, because, guys, I I have done that. I, I, I realize I don't need another thing. I don't want right. anything. I just right. want to serve the Lord. Not saying, and it hasn't always been like that. Right. But I think that's where we need to come to, that place, mm -hmm. if we are to truly finish strong. Because, guys, I mean, we're in our late 60s to 70s, and... Uh, who knows how much time we have? Do we want to, you know, just keep accumulating stuff or do we want to be known as, 
you know, the guys of fearless faith, we want to work for God. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, I think that hit me in between the eyes when I saw the downsizing of our home and how much stuff we had and how much we disposed of, Mm -hmm. gave away. At the time, it was important, but as of that time, it meant nothing to us. And we realized the importance of being givers and not hoarding. You know, Dan, I think the way we can close this out, too, with Psalms 37, 35, when it says, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Yeah. Just puts a bow around it. It really does. And that's how we're going to finish strong by escaping the prison of want and realizing that true happiness is wanting what you have and working for eternal values, things that are going to last forever. And that's what you do when you're working for the Lord. We have so enjoyed this. And my goodness, the time has flied by. Is the time really up, John Matarazzo? <laughs> it's up. He says, the end. <laughs> the Thanks end. for joining us. God bless you. The only thing we want is for you to join us on our next episode of Finish Strong. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.